River Wake is happening. How many believe that? Amen? Yeah. There is a Monongahela of the presence yeah. of God that those strongholds are falling in the name of Jesus right. Christ. And just as Elisha poured salt in that water and the water that was once producing death now begins to produce life, we're going to pray here this morning over Point Marion, Brownsville, and Bell Vernon as we have these moments and focus in on these communities. And, and uh, this is, these are just jugs of water, right? Mine says Point Marion. What's your say, Pastor Mike? Brownsville. And Pastor Jason, what Bell you got? Vernon. You got Bell Vernon. They're just jugs of water, regular yeah. jugs of water. But we believe this week where there are areas and moments and communities where people thought nothing good ever comes from there, right? Nothing good ever happens there. I believe in the name of Jesus that where there was death, life is happening in the name of Jesus. The bones are rattling. Yeah. Do you not perceive right. it? Do you not yeah. see it? Yeah. There are springs of living yeah. water that are springing up in the That's desert true. land in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're going to join together in prayer yeah. here over these next few moments. And I want to invite you to join in with us in prayer. Don't allow this to be a spectator thing because I, I just kind of wonder how many have friends or family members that live in point mary and that you would love for them to know the saving knowledge of jesus christ come on you yeah, lift your hand yeah. right where you are this morning yeah. how many have friends and family that live in the brownsville area that you know you would love for them to receive the presence of god what about what, what about bell vernon yeah. how many got friends and family in yeah. bell vernon well listen let's not just watch them die and go to hell but let's do let's go to battle for them in the name yeah. of jesus the bible says that the weapons of our warfare are mighty That's through right. prayer Amen. to the pulling down of the strongholds of darkness yeah. so I want to encourage you right now, even right where you are. Come on, would you stand to your feet yeah, this morning? Sorry, let's ready sorry. ourselves and, and let's engage together as we pray. Yeah. Come on, if you don't know how to pray, you can simply agree with us by saying out loud. You can say yes. You can say amen. Right. You can say Jesus. That name's good enough for anything. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on, tonight. Come on, right here in this moment right now. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus over these communities. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this water. Lord, as we pour out this water, Lord, as our team members go uh, on Thursday night and they pour out this water in Point Marion. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray there was where there was once death. Lord, may life come flowing now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray, Lord, that your presence would be so real. Lord, that there would be divine appointments. Lord, that folks that have been struggling in addiction. Lord, those that have been shackled by poverty. Lord, those that have been bound by a spirit of religiosity. Lord, those that broken homes have been falling all over. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Lord, I pray the presence of God would saturate Point Marion in the name of Jesus Christ. And may the banks of those rivers, Lord, may they fall and may the presence of God flow freely in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, have your way. Lord, we lift up Brownsville yes. to you this morning. God, yes, we Lord. thank you for what you're already doing in there, even now. God, reminded of when Daniel said, the moment you began praying, a yes. decree was given in heaven. So God, as we lift it up in prayer now, would your word begin yes. to work? Would you prepare yes. that land to receive what you want to do in it? God, yes. would you not just restore it to what it was before, but would yes. you lift up that area greater than it's ever been to give you glory and honor, to see what you would do in that place and through it? And God, would you position men and women in that area like trees to produce a fruit in their season that wouldn't wither, that wouldn't back down, but God would do your work in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for Bell Vernon. God, we thank you for this place along the Mon, God, that is that represents even the Mon Valley. God, we, yes, we recognize Lord. that, Lord, in this region, there has been such death caused by, by drug opioids and, and addictions and, and God, just uh, things that have robbed life. And Lord, even as local officials, 
God are planning for more deaths. God, we declare that they will not die but live in Jesus' name. We declare life over Bel Vernon, over the Mon Valley. We thank you, God, that you're the resurrection, that you're the life. And Lord, that everything you breathe upon cannot help but produce. Thank you for your word that will not return void. So God, we pray a blessing over Bel Vernon. We pray, God, that everywhere the water goes, that Lord, life would flourish and you would receive glory. We thank you that the day has come. We thank you that the night is over. We thank you that the sun is shining. We thank you that hope has brought forth a new day. And we declare a new day across Fayette County, across the Mon River, across this region. Lord, that you would receive glory in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that the new day has come, come on, just give God praise today. If you believe it is made possible in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you know what's significant is, as you mentioned, um, as we're praying over these today, um, we're believing that God is going to move and is already moving among these areas. And uh, this week, uh, right before our river wake, uh, these, these waters, it's just water, but we believe it's symbolic that who we are in the presence of God to come in contact with these waters. So uh, before we begin River Wake, uh, we're going to be pouring these out into, the, into that river and realizing it's such a small drop compared to what is in that river. But how many know just one drop and one touch of God's presence, His work? We're believing in Jesus' name. It's symbolic, but God let us be like that, the river of God, that everywhere this water touches, that it would see dead things come to life. In Jesus' name, amen? I'm going to tell your neighbor, say, I believe it. I believe it in Jesus' name. While you're standing, grab your Bibles. I caught you, tried to catch you before you just remain standing with us. I want to look in uh, Mark chapter 5. We are wrapping up the series called River Wake, and uh, we will next week be at uh, Marshall Park, as as you've already heard. And so we'll be sending you reminders this week. Uh, You might get tired of our emails because we're going to remind you. Maybe not every day, but a lot this week just to, to keep you on uh, uh, in memory that we will not be here on Sunday, but we'll be gathering at Marshall Park. Uh, I want to look today in, in Mark chapter 5 and asking the question, what does it look like for strongholds to fall? What does it look like for strongholds to fall? And asking the question, are we ready for strongholds to fall? I believe it's already starting. And uh, just in our, in our hearts, though, and, and in our perspective, God help us to be ready for what it is that you are doing and what you're setting in motion. Here's what it says in Mark chapter five, starting in verse one. Um, here's the context. I always love giving the backstory so you know, you know the Bible wasn't just thrown together. Um, it, it's uh, put together and uh, pieced in just this story and narrative of Jesus, especially the New Testament, just the, the acts of Jesus, the narrative of his life and miracles. Jesus has just calmed the waters. He He was on one side of of Galilee teaching, and he says to his disciples, get in the boat, let's go to the other side. And as they go to the other side, uh, a storm comes up. How many know that uh, even when God sends you to places, it doesn't mean it's always peaceful. It means that he's with you. The Prince of Peace is with you through whatever you walk through. How many are thankful to know today that the Prince of Peace is with us? And so a storm comes up. It doesn't mean storms stop because we have Jesus. It means we have peace in the midst of whatever storm that we can rest even though the storm goes on because of his presence in our, in our midst. And so they go across the water. They're amazed. The disciples are amazed at what Jesus has done. He's calmed the sea. He's calmed the waters. He gets out of the boat, and here's what happens. Mark chapter 5. So they arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of the garrisons. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained. You notice they used to be able to restrain him, but no longer. 
How, how many know that over time, strongholds don't start as strongholds. They start as something small. And over time, it reached a point that they can no longer contain. This man in the, the spirit, the evil spirit upon him, he was able to be restrained, but he couldn't be restrained any longer. Verse 4, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists smashed and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him with a shriek and scream, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. I love that Jesus gives a distinction here that the spirit is different than the man that the spirit that was in him was was not the identity of the man it was a sickness an illness a disease a work of the enemy but how many are thankful you're not what the enemy says you are that God still sees you not in your condition but in his promise and hope he speaks to the man but then he speaks to the spirit because God is God already knows you don't have to be what you're what 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 has been done in in the things passed down from ancestry to ancestry things in your past whatever it is we are set free by the blood of Jesus Christ and Jesus is giving this distinction he says to to the spirit he says come out of the man you evil spirit then Jesus demanded what is your name and he replied the the spirit the demon replied my name is legion because there are many of us inside this man then the evil spirits begged him again, do not send us to a distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who was possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon, about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Lord, I pray today that you would give us a readiness of heart for what you are doing and what you're about to do in our region and in our land. God, make us ready. Lord, I pray speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. If you agree with that today, would you say amen? amen. As you're being seated, tell your neighbor, what did you expect? What did you expect? You may be seated this morning. Welcome. Good to, good to have you. And... Um, I think I see some friends from Africa here, uh, Alicia and Sanisa. It's good to see you guys. Well, just stand and wave uh, our missionaries in Swaziland. They are here. Uh, I, I don't want to scold you publicly, but shame on you not giving me a heads up that you'd be here today. I'm kidding. Uh, Alicia's been a part of this church for years uh, in our kids' ministry, youth ministry here, so we can talk like that. Um, good to have you guys. We love you. Glad you're, glad you're here. Uh, what were you expecting? I, I don't know. Um, have you ever had that moment when something came about and you weren't expecting the very thing that you found in the moment? It might be for you when you order at the restaurant and you ordered what was the picture on the menu, but what you got doesn't look anything like the picture 
That's not what, what I expected. Um, or uh, driving down the, the highway and there's a line of motorcycles, two by two, and just this long, long, long line of motorcycles, they've got the, the, the hogs. I mean, they're on it. They've got the, the part and everything. And you go past them and only to get to the front of the line that you find an 80-some-year-old grandmother leading the pack <laughs> without a helmet. I mean, that's, didn't see that coming. I mean, that wasn't what I expected. I was at a uh, gas station one time and I, I uh, get out, pump the gas, this truck pulls in and uh, big truck. Uh, I'm in my not big truck because I paid cash for this car at the time. And uh, so it pulls up in his big truck and uh, he must have just come from the gym. I don't know, but it looked like he lived at the gym, like one of those guys. He gets out of the car and he like widely walks, you know, because guys that big, they don't just walk. I mean, they're like, you know, they, he walks to the other side of the truck. He opens the door and with a, with a deep voice says, come on, girl. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm expecting like, you know, what kind of, I, I knew it was a pet. I knew it wasn't, a, it wasn't talking that way to any other uh, lady. I knew that. Uh, he said, come on, girl. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, here's the big man walking out of this side of the truck. Here on the other side comes the smallest white fluffy poodle I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. Y- you know that game where it's like, which of these don't go together? It's like, that doesn't go together. I mean, it just, it's not what I expected. I, I want to share just for the next couple minutes here, just from this title, There Goes Status Quo. That when we see a move of God, sometimes it might not be what we expected. Sometimes it might shift how we see or what's going on. I, I, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm, I'm sure we can all agree that the reaction of these people in this town along the shore that the way they reacted to what Jesus had just done for the man is not what I expected. I mean, here's a man who had lived in a place of isolation. It's one thing to have to be in in a place of of, uh, quarantine and, and needing for reasons to be kept apart for a season, for a period of time, but this guy lived in isolation. Nobody wanted to be around him. In fact, he's in the garrisons, which is the furthest part of the sea. It's the furthest area. There's tombs there. And and Jesus shows up in a place that honestly Jews don't do that. I mean, the Jewish law says you don't even go to a graveyard. If you do, you touch the dead seven days, you got to be purified. And so it just messes up your world. And so Jesus goes to a place. Aren't you thankful that Jesus broke the law to come after you? Why? Not because he's, he's just one of those who breaks the law, but because we know that the law wasn't enough to save us. So one greater than the law had to fulfill the law and do the very thing that was required so that we might have hope. Jesus goes to this man who, is, who has been isolated, who's been left. They chained him up and would keep him in this place until they can no longer chain him anymore. And Jesus shows up. He finds the man screaming like a madman, obviously running around naked because his clothes were on at the end. We see that he's sitting there fully clothed and in his right mind. And so Jesus finds him in this crazy condition. He's got demons. Jesus just speaks to the demon, come out. Notice he didn't even lay on hands. He didn't like call any great event. He just spoke the word of authority. And immediately the demons went from this man, one man, into 2,000 pigs. That had to be a lot of mad demons inside of a man. 2,000 pigs now go to their death over the cliff and Jesus sets this man free. And when Jesus sets this man free, here's the response of the people. Would you please leave and leave us alone? Not what I expected. 
That, that wasn't what I expected the response to be in, this, in this, this place where you see this devastation. They say, Jesus, go away. Leave us alone. We, we don't want this, this kind of action and this work in our midst. There's one of the dangers that can be in, in our lives is that when we try to play to people's reactions or expectations. I, I didn't expect that they would respond that way. But how many know we've got to be careful that we don't respond just for people's expectations, but we respond in the authority and the power of God? Because here's what I've learned in, in doing ministry and doing life is that people are hard to understand. I already know this. My job is not to make everybody happy, okay? I, I'm not the sharpest person, but I'm not that stupid. I know I'm not going to make everybody happy. So I know it's not a matter of trying to make everybody happy, but sometimes... If, we, if I can just be honest, and I'm sure you feel the same way, sometimes it's just hard to understand why some people do what they do. Come on, is there anybody else who has seen sometimes like, what were you thinking? What, why would you act that way? What would, what were, what's, in, what's going on in this situation? What, what is it that you would respond? It, it's sometimes hard to understand. I think Jesus related to it in, in Luke chapter seven. He says, to what can I compare the people of this generation? He said, how can I describe them? They are like children playing a game. Oh God, we do not have time to be like children playing a game. We don't have time in the, the day that we live, the hour to, to be people playing a game. And here's what he says. He says that they play a game in a public square and like kids they, who complain, they complain to their friends, we played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So then we played funeral songs and you didn't weep. And what he's saying is that when we're playing the games, it's hard to make everybody, it's not just hard to make everybody happy, it's hard to understand what does everybody want? Why are you responding this way? I didn't expect that when Jesus would cast out a demon and cause a man who was in his wrong mind to get in his right mind, I didn't expect the answer to that be, okay, get out of here, we're done now. I didn't expect that kind of reaction. What Jesus is saying here, he said it's the same that John the Baptist, that he, he spent his time eating or didn't spend his time eating bread or drinking wine, and you say he's possessed by a demon. Then the Son of Man, on the other hand, he feasts and he drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors. Jesus is saying this, that it will never make sense as to how we respond because here's at the heart of it. The heart of what we oftentimes want God to do is we want God to do what we can control. The heart and the matter of it is we want control. You see, when we're playing a game, and how many know when kids play a game and kids are playing a game, and if they can't get their way, how many know they're usually done playing the game? We, because we like control. And sometimes the thing that we're calling a move of God, we've got to be careful to make sure that we're really surrendering and saying we want a move of God and not just something we can control. Sometimes we want life to be better instead of wanting God to get glory. These people didn't really want the man to be healed. They just wanted him to be under control. Be careful when the answer, when someone really responding to you is not really, I don't want what's best for you. I just want you to do what's best for me. I don't really want you to walk in total healing because if you walk in total healing, that just messes up the control. See, we're trying to control this. We're trying to put restraints on this. We're trying to control it. And we sometimes miss because when we can't control, how many know that sometimes the strongholds that need to break have to begin in us and saying, God, we give you full control. We're no longer in control and we're not out of control. We're under your control. 
The heart of revival happens when we no longer seek for our own desires in our own ways, but surrender and submit to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many would agree with that? Jody was with uh, our nephew yesterday for a birthday party out east. I was, I was uh, um, visiting actually in Nashville. Uh, there was a church conference and it happened to be at Jalen and Eli's church. So uh, it's a benefit for me. Um, uh, I don't mind going to uh, uh, visit. So I was, I was there. Jody was with uh, our nephew at the birthday party and they're, uh, they're playing. Jody said to me, he said, uh, Landon, who is uh, her brother's son, said, Landon is just like my brother. He's so competitive. And uh, she said he loves to play games and he loves to win. And uh, the reason she knew that is because he made up the rules as he went. <laughs> right? I mean, if you can make up the rules as you go, you can always pull out at the end. I'll make the rules up as I go. I'll, I'll, I'll move in some direction and we wanna see God move. And what I wanna challenge us as a church is there's a difference between seeing God move and seeing God get all the glory. Because if what I wanna see is God move, it really is, in my mind, I can already understand and know what God's going to do. How many know if I already know what God's going to do, then I've already painted the picture for what it looks like and I'm not saying, God, step back, I'll step back and you do what it is that you wanna do and make it look the way you want it to look. That you can do in this moment, the, the people of the town, they, they had this madman and they really didn't want this man to be healed. They just wanted to make sure this man didn't mess up their world. And God help us to make sure because whenever God begins to move and, and strongholds fall, it's gonna mess with your world. When God begins to move, it's gonna mess with your world. It's going to shift some things and, and making sure that we're ready for this. This is, this is the response we didn't express, ex expect to get. It said, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus. We read this. The crowd gathered around Jesus. They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean you weren't afraid when he was run, running around naked and somebody had to ch chain him up? You're more afraid that now he's in his right mind? and fully clothed? Because if we're being honest, sometimes we've gotten used to dysfunction. And sometimes there's things in us that we have to say, God, I need you to do a Monongahela in my life, to tear down some strongholds and some things that have been, that it begins in us, that we allow these things to shift and, and really asking us to, to, to recognize what does it look like? The, we love the idea of revival but sometimes we don't like the reality of what it might be because it's gonna shift some things. There's, there's, there's things that, that, that become changed. The moment Jesus comes into our life, there's some change that happens. There's some change that begins to, to take place and, and when he gets control, when Jesus is the center and the Lord of our lives, how many understand and believe that when he's the Lord of your life, he begins to direct every portion and every part of your life and everything we are becomes for his purpose and for his glory. That's what having a savior, a Lord and savior means. We can't call him Lord if we're not surrendered to saying, God, whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that you wanna accomplish or what it is that you wanna do in our lives, are we ready for strongholds to fall in Fayette County? Let me give you a couple things here this morning. I just, I just as we step into River Wake this week, going into communities, I want us to be prepared because when God begins to tear down strongholds, we can't be content any longer with the status quo. That there's some shifting, some things that have to change. Here's number one, be careful what you wish for. 
It's one thing to want something in a season, but to not commit yourself to seeing that carried through now that you've got the very thing you want. Um, while the world was getting corona, we got a corgi. Small dog, 20 pounds. Um, uh, I, we had said we're never doing this again. But how many know girls have a way of getting their father's heart? And uh, Jordan, uh, of course, convinced me that uh, this is a good time to get a dog. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I have kind of taken to the dog. Okay, I admitted it. It's not mine. I'm not like a dog lover, but it's like, I don't mind having the dog around. He's, he's kind of a cool dog. But she convinced us because everybody's home. It's on lockdown. Like, what do we have to do? So she said, it's a great time. We can train the dog. And so it was great. But what we didn't take into account is that lockdown would not go on forever. So now the dog is not with anyone at home all the time. And after that whole effect, how many know the dog needs cleaned up after? The dog needs taken care of? The, the, the house needs to be cleaned, uh, obviously, on a regular basis, but every day. Because we have enough hair that we could knit sweaters for the entire church. <laughs> that they didn't take into account the shedding of the, the dog and all of this. I, I love and we were open to the change. But how many know sometimes we don't always take into account the ramifications of the change, that there's the follow through of what that is. Do you remember the day, and maybe you didn't say this, but do you remember the day when you said to the Lord, Lord, here I am, use me? You better hope you like being used. Because the same people I've heard say, Lord, here I am, use me, then get upset because all they feel like they're doing is being used. Wait, that's what you asked for. Oh, you meant, Lord, here I am, use me, use me in my gifts the way I think they ought to be done, the way I want them to be done. Lord, use me as I see fit. Oh, you meant that part of use me. I thought it was the part of, Lord, here I am, use me, send me wherever you want me to go. I'll say whatever you want me to say, and I'll do whatever you want, you want me to do because I'm here and you are God and I surrender all myself to you. Here I am, use me. How many know there's a big difference between saying, God, here I am, and then recognizing the follow-through of God, whatever it is you want to do. Sometimes God's leading us into places. Wasn't it God who sent them on the lake, Jesus who sent them on the lake to go from this side to the other side? And on the moment of going from this side to the other side, they get into a storm. Well, whose fault is that? Jesus. He said, go. No, it, it, we don't have to find fault. All we have to know is the one who is with us gives us a promise and a hope. And I'm with him and he's with me and Lord, whatever your will, your will be done in my life. That we, we want the will of God. We want the desires, the plan of God, that, that there's some implications of strongholds falling. I, I want you to, to see this. There's some uh, strongholds in, in our area. Notice that these, these demons, the, the legion, said to Jesus, don't send us from this area. Send us to these pigs that are still in the area. You know why? Because there are territorial spirits that are in a region and in an area that seek to have control and to set up a stronghold. A stronghold is a place of defense that makes it difficult for, for, for someone else to come in and tear down. It makes it difficult. Uh, there's strongholds in, in this area. There's strongholds in every area. We believe there's some strategic and specific strongholds in this area. And some of those things that if we're gonna see them fall down and as they begin to fall down, I want, us to remind, I want to remind us there's some ramifications to strongholds falling. Because it's not just enough to say, God, and by the way, Jesus, we, strongholds don't fall because we ask God to knock them down. Strongholds fall because the one in us is far greater than the one who is in the world, and they can't help but fall in the presence of the Almighty God. 
part of this, we're praying for strongholds to fall, but I feel, I, I feel a, a, not a conviction, but just a, a grip to that. And it's almost this, quit asking for strongholds to fall. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So when you walk in the authority, they can't help but fall because nothing can stand in the presence of the almighty God. No one, could, no one could chain this man up. But notice this, they couldn't even chain this madman. But Jesus from a distance, the Bible said the man saw Jesus from a distance and started moving to Jesus. And as he's moving to Jesus, he falls on his knees. The very one that no one else could tie up now falls in the presence of the great I am, of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And because he's in me, strongholds cannot be in my family, in my home, in my life, in my sleep, in my dreams, in my future. I have the authority of Jesus Christ. And because I have the authority of Christ, strongholds cannot prevail because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We live with this authority of knowing who we are, having this authority in Christ. But I I want you to just see some of these strongholds. There are ramifications for strongholds to fall. How many want to see the stronghold? And here's some of the, there's there's maybe more of this, but more than four, but there's four strongholds we believe in Fayette County that are falling. Here's one of them, poverty. How many believe poverty needs to fall in Jesus' name? I'm I'm ready for Fayette County to no longer be in the running for the top three poorest county in in Pennsylvania. I'm gonna say it out loud from a platform because I think, why does it need to be anymore? But guess what that means? If we're going to no longer be a community dependent on a system, that means then the ramification of poverty falling, because here's what poverty is. Poverty is a mindset that wants us to be dependent on anything other than the provider who is Jesus Christ. To be dependent on anything else. I mean, let's be honest. If we're going to lessen dependence on resources that are given entitlement, which by the way, the system isn't always the problem. It's that we've learned to depend and live on the system and the way we use the system creates the problem. There's a difference. There's a difference. And if we're recognizing poverty is gonna fall, then guess what? Work ethic needs to rise. But let's be real. I don't know too many who, people who wouldn't mind getting something for nothing. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, you can't say that. Now there's a difference between needing to be because of condition and situation. Because I believe without a doubt, the church, we can take care of one another. But the Bible also says a man who doesn't work <laughs> not going to eat. <laughs> um, and let's be real. I mean, don't you think the whole world would love to stand in line to get something for free? That's not God's design. And if we're going to see something rival and poverty fall, then when poverty falls, guess what? Systems need to now dismantle. And when they do, we've got to now go to work and now use resources and strength to produce not to, not, to, not to worship what we work or our hands, but to know that the one who created us gave us the ability to be productive and to be able to contribute and to see God do something significant. Listen, if we're gonna see poverty fall, there's ramifications of what happens when we believe God to do that. Are we good? Nobody picked up a stone yet, okay. <laughs> then let me go to the next one. No, I just, there's, there's certain things we've got to recognize. If we're going to see these things fall, we've got to know the ramifications then. Here's the second one. We've got to see the, what, what's going to happen if we're going to see empty wells of addiction fall. 
that in Jesus' name, that alcoholics and drug addicts will no longer be on the increase and deaths, that drug-related deaths in Fayette County will not rise. They will decrease and we will see an answer to this situation. I remember it was a couple years ago uh, when uh, they were in the middle of getting a new attorney general and the, the attorney general who was, uh, who was just filling in the interim, he was being questioned on Capitol Hill. I'm listening to the news on my drive to Pittsburgh for a meeting that I had. And so I'm listening to the live conversation from Capitol Hill that they're interviewing. One of the representatives or one of the, the, the congressmen who is from a different state said in the questioning, what will you do to the, to the, uh, the attorney general? What will you do about drug and opioid deaths that are on the increase and increasing in small communities and places like Fayette County, Pennsylvania. I said, oh God, they're talking our name in the Capitol. Oh, that they would hear our name in the heavens and they'd talk a whole different story. And now they say, hey, what's going on in Fayette County? Because there's something in the water over there. There's something different that instead of an increase, there's a decrease that we're seeing something shift and transition. Oh, that gets me excited. I think God can do that. But here's the ramification. When God begins to restore drug addicts, and alcoholics, many of these people have burned many bridges. So here's the ramification of that stronghold falling. There's gonna be another less excuse to separate and to show resistance to somebody. Because it's one thing you can separate from somebody when you have a reason. Well, they're, they're, they're an addiction, they have an issue. And how many know, even in their issue, it's had some effect on me? I'm not even related to a drug addict or an alcoholic. Former. My dad's saved and born again, so he's no longer what he used to be. I'm not in blood relationship with any of them, but I've been around enough of them that they've hurt me. I've been hurt by some people I've tried to help. I've been hurt by some people who I've gone out for and I've tried to help and they took advantage of the help and anybody else? But guess what happens when God begins to turn them around? My heart needs to heal as well so that I don't remember them for what they used to do to me or what they did to me in the past. Now God has healed them and now he's healing me. There's a ramification, which means there's less reasons to now separate from people because when God begins to heal people's lives, it means I gotta let him heal mine so that I can heal from hurts that they may have done to me so that we can move on and move forward in the purpose and the grace of God. I mean, but when we're getting real about strongholds, we gotta deal with that. Here's another one. We're gonna be real about strongholds falling in families. That worship team's gonna come. I see what time it is. We've got to wrap up. Strongholds falling in families. Here, here's one of the things that has to happen in families. Then if strongholds are falling in families and, and the dysfunctional homes are being, being made healthy and strong, then we've got to be people who know how to deal in a healthy way with conflict instead of sweeping things under the rug and pretending it's not there. How many know that's a ramification? You can't just ask God, heal the homes, but then not allow God to do the stuff inside of us that will help produce better homes. How, am I talking to anybody today? I, I just want to remind us that it's, it's not, we can't just have talk. We, we, we can't just have talk. Lord, send revival. Lord, make a change. Lord, heal our land. No, if, if we're going to say that, then you got to get ready because he's going to mess with your world. That's right. 
He's going to shift some things. He's going, to, he, he's going to give some things that need to be adjusted. Here's the last one, the spirit of religion. When the spirit of religion falls, oh, this is all about no longer having control, but being under his control. And I don't know about you. And I know it's not, it, it's, it's everywhere. But I believe one of the strongholds in Fayette County and in this area has to do with the distrust of authority and has to do with, with a, a, a controlling spirit. Um, just because this is the area that rose up with, we have to protect, protect ourselves from upper management. Now, there were reasons we had to do that. But how many know in the spirit of always making a villain out of somebody, that gets far out of hand. And now we put divide and separation to the point now where the people with all the money need to get rid of all their money and give it to the people who don't have money. That's called socialism, and that's not healing, and that's not of God. And somebody like, that's a political statement. No, it's not. That's a Bible statement that we create these sides. We create, yeah, those people shouldn't worship their money, but the people who don't have money shouldn't worship their money either. The only difference is you're worshiping the same person's money. The difference is they got it, you didn't. You're still worshiping someone's money. You're still doing the same thing. You just, I'm just saying, when we're gonna let God heal our hearts and set things, how many recognize there's some things that get shifted and stuff begins to change. All right, nobody's picking up a stone. I'm going to get ready to wrap up then. Is that all right? If we're going to see God, we got to be careful what we wish for. Let me give you number two. Be careful what you wink at. Be careful. If we're going to see God move and strongholds fall, we've got to be careful what we wink at. And what I mean by that is, is, isn't it interesting that they were okay with this man being tied up every once in a while and screaming like a madman just so he's over there? Oh, that's just Johnny. I'm sorry, your name's Johnny. <laughs> Let me pick another name. That's, that's, that's Tim. That's just Tim. <laughs> There's this, just to pass it off, well, you know, that's just how he is. That's just... Just, just wink at that. Well, you know, that's just how they act. That's just what they do. No, I instead of just winking at it, we get a backbone and stand in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ to say things like sex is holy and designed by God and meant to be in marriage. That's not, that's not condemnation. That's a statement of quit winking at it. Quit winking at it. I mean, we're all around social media and stuff enough that, hey, guys and young guys, quit just giving a pass to those images that come across the screen and you entertain for even a couple seconds. Quit winking at it. Quit, quit winking, just giving a, giving a pass, giving a moment. Why? Because every stronghold happens with a compromise. It didn't become a stronghold just because all of a sudden it's a stronghold. No, it was a stronghold because permission was given and permission passed. But how many know that you might be able to give permission to something, but now through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, you can now say access denied. I'm not allowing the things that were once permitted. That as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. We're gonna, we're gonna be at a place of, of being careful the things that we wink at and, and the way we talk, the, the, the things that we say, the attitudes of our heart. Be careful what you wink at. It's those winks that open up a stronghold and they just, well, that's just that man over there. It's just, 
way it is. But here's the last one. Be careful what you worship. If we're going to see strongholds fall, if we're going to be prepared for this, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what we wink at. Be careful what you worship. Stop worshiping the bacon. I know bacon's good. It goes with everything. Jesus set this man free, and now he's in his right mind. But notice the story they told. The story they told was, they went and told everyone about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. What's missing? What's missing? Some of us are talking too much about the pigs. And, and you know the whole thing of you know, bringing home the bacon. God help us to not worship we're bothered by what God is doing and what Jesus just did because, well, we're on a pig farm and now our proper, our, our possession and everything we had just went over the cliff. Um, you're missing the main story here. The one who cast out demons is probably the same one able to give you provision and the one who'll meet all your needs. Don't look at what's missing. Look at the one who provides all your needs. Here's poverty. Poverty says what I don't have, but abundance says I have everything I need because of who I am in Christ because of what he gives me. Some of us are telling stories. And we're talking about the crazy man running around naked. And we're talking about the pigs. But you forgot to talk about Jesus. You, you forgot about the, the, the main thing, that Jesus being the center of it all. When Jesus being the center of it all, that everything falls and moves according to him being at the center. He is the Lord of my life. Is he the Lord of your life? Is he the one that we've surrendered to and say, God, you're worthy of it all? Jesus said these words. He said that greater things than these will you do. That used to intimidate me. I remember coming here as the pastor 10 years ago, and I would say that out loud. Like, this word intimidates me. Greater things than these will you do. 10 years later, I'm feeling more of the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God that says, God, because of you, we're going to walk into communities and we're going to cast out demons. We're going to lay our hands on the sick. They're going to recover. And we're going to walk in the authority and the abundance of who you are in us because greater is he that is in us. And here's what he said. Greater things than these will you do. Put, put that verse up there. He says that greater things than these will you do. And in the process of doing that, he says, you can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. What's the purpose of it all? The purpose of it all is so that God can get all the glory. If you've been around here, we're praying for, for expansion, praying for God to lead us, direct us, whatever that is. But here's the prayer attached with it. God, do it in such a way that only you get the glory. Do it in such a way that only you get the glory. Why? Because the desire of our heart is, God, I don't want to have control. I want you to have glory. And being careful that when we say, God, I want to see a move of your presence, Making sure that a move of your presence doesn't mean I just want you to do things the way I want them done. But a move of your presence is, God, I'm available, I'm open, I'm trusting you, I'm yours. Come and have your way. Everything, I'm, here's a blank check. Whatever it is you want to do, because I trust you. And here's the reason I trust you, because I know you're good, and I know you're for me, and not against me. I know that you are a good God, and because you're good, I trust you. So do whatever you want in my life. Can I just tell you, that's called salvation. And anything less than that is not salvation. 
Every, anything less than that is a counterfeit. Jesus cannot be Lord of everything or Lord of your life and not be Lord of everything in your life. I can't, I can't dice it any other way. We can't shift it and no, you, you can't just wink at that. You can't just pass at that. It's saying, Lord, you can have all of me. How many would say today, God, I want you to have all of me. I want you to have all of me. I want you to cause a Monongahela in my, pre, in my life that God, whatever needs to fall, whatever needs to fall, whatever needs to shift, make me ready for whatever it is you want to do because judgment begins in the house of God. Strongholds will fall out there when we allow strongholds to fall in here. Amen? Come on, would you stand to your feet? And in this final moment, I just want to ask you, they're going to sing a song before we leave. And here, here's the question I want to ask us today is this question of, uh, of saying, are you ready for a move of God? Have you said, God, whatever you want to do, I lay it before you. Your Lord, you can do whatever you want in my life. I'm available to you. Your Lord. Come on, let's sing this together and allow Jesus to be the Lord of our life. Come on, declare the name of Jesus. Declare the name of Jesus over there your life. power in the name of God, Jesus. God, if there's any strongholds in us, let it fall in there Jesus' name.